Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training, a remote personal training company with an emphasis on helping people of all fitness levels feel better, move better, and live better with progressive functional strength and conditioning workouts. Welcome to episode 100 of the Straight Shot Radio podcast. You hear that music? You want to know why I'm playing a traditional Chinese folk celebration song? Well, two reasons. One, I want to celebrate the 100th episode of the podcast. And two, well, you're just going to have to listen to the rest of the podcast to hear why the trainers at Straight Shot have some pretty odd musical choices to work and work out to. Mine admittedly probably being the weirdest. You'll also learn about Coach Delaney's many pre- and post-workout meals, Straight Shot co-owner Chris's go-to home exercises, and even a pop-in visit from our friend Dr. Foland from Kinetics Physiotherapy and Performance. It's all part of our Century Episode Question and Answer Certified Fresh Knowledge Bomb Bonanza. I know I told the team that I wasn't going to actually call the episode that, but I thought that I'd try to find a way to sneak it in there. Anyway, Straight Shot co-owner Chris Lewis and Straight Shot coach Delaney Bodner join me in this episode as we go through a bunch of questions that were submitted via social media. Everything from weight loss and home workouts to workout playlists and supplements. So let's jump right into our chat where we cover it all. Let's just get into our first question here. Jen wants to know what the best exercises to do at home would be. And I guess the maybe the way that we can do this, because we've talked so much about at-home exercise over the course of this year, is maybe let's go through and pick our favorite exercises that we've programmed for people while training at home. So can you guys think of maybe three to five that you've done a lot of this year since people have been having to work out a lot more with dumbbells and bands? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to know, do you want us to tell you what they are now or? Sure. Yeah. Let's go. So, I mean, you know, squats, obviously, uh, you know, and part of the question is, you know, do they have anything, you know, what, yeah, it's a tough question. Cause we don't know if they have anything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume they don't have anything. So well, let's, let's go with let's uh, favorite body weight exercise, favorite band exercise and favorite dumbbell exercise that you've programmed for people over the shutdown. Okay. Delaney, you got one for body weight? Yeah, I have one for all three. Do you want me to go body weight first? Yeah, let's do all, let's do, all of us do our own bo- uh, body weight one, and then we'll go through band and dumbbell. Okay. Um, probably my favorite body weight one for most of my clients are either planks or um, stationary inchworms, which my clients hate, but they also get a lot out of. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's, like it's like a slow burpee, slow reverse burpee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, what do you have? I got, uh, you know, air squats and, uh, and dead bugs. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, it would be plank toe taps. I'm just thinking of, di- of, of a different exercise uh, beyond like squats and lunges. I, I gave people tons of those over quarantine, but yeah. the, uh, you start out in a push up position with your feet wide and push yourself into like a downward dog position and then reach through and touch your opposite foot with your hand and then return to the plank position. Uh, and that's been one of my favorites for like hitting core and shoulder. Um, but obviously yeah, squats, planks, lunges, those were staples still in people's programs who were working out at home mm-hmm. without equipment, but a lot of people have uh, resistance bands. So what are your all's uh, favorite resistance band exercises? We'll start with Chris on this one. Oh, wow. Um, 
I really don't use them that much. And really? Because, okay. You know, because I've, I've got a full thing at home, you know. And it's True. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel kind of uh, bad about it now. <laughs> Flex, flexing at home, Jim. For all the people that don't have anything, I, I've got a full gym. <laughs> Delaney, what about so, you? I, it's true, though. I oh. honestly don't use bands much other than for uh, assisting with pull-ups. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's been a big one for people at home, though, because at, at the gym, I know that we like to use those assisted pull-up machines. Um, but if somebody is trying to get some vertical pulling or any pulling movement in at home, um, assisted pull-ups are a big one. Yeah, so yeah. that would be mine. <laughs> okay. Delaney, what about you for resistance bands? Um. Uh, the ones that I've used probably with, well, the ones that I've gotten the most positive feedback on are probably, um, mini band pullovers. Um, oh, cool. I don't okay. do a with lot the- of stuff with like long bands for my clients. I mostly use mini bands just because I don't have any long bands. Okay. Um, so most of my zoom and in home are with mini, the mini ones, bands. but yeah. yeah, I do use mini bands a lot though. Um, for, uh, you know, monster walks or, uh, or stuff like that for like hip, for hip, hip stuff. Yeah. Core yeah. stuff. Um, I've been doing a lot of, since I'm, I'm big on having people pull, do pulling exercises just as much as they're, they're pushing um, any type of row variation. I've come up with a bunch of different ones using, using uh, super bands. So like seated rows, bent rows, uh, face pulls, just about any, any way that we could figure out how to get somebody to pull a band towards them. Um, my clients and I have figured out this year. So for me, it would be, rows of any type yes. uh, and then oh. what a, oh you got another one Delaney yeah I just remembered um for my team builder clients that have long bands I've been giving them um reverse wood chops like kneeling reverse wood chops but I'm having them tie the band to like the leg of a heavy table yeah um and so far like the ones that I've given it to they like really like it yeah an- anchoring is always an issue with, with band exercises. Cause I have, you have to make sure the client has something they can anchor it to, but um, I've seen people get pretty yeah. creative with stuff. You just, you always got to make sure that it's not going to slip off. Cause I did have one session with a client this year who didn't anchor his band. He just like wrapped it around a doorknob and I didn't realize that he didn't have it like secure. Oh, no. And he went to pull it and I like, slapped himself in the back. His reaction was oh. funny. He laughed it off, but uh, yeah. <laughs> have you all ever had that happen That's before? So a resistance band like snap on you? Yeah, I've witnessed someone um, that like had it under their feet because they were doing banded rows, but they stepped off before like letting go of the handles and it smacked them right in the face and it was really bad. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it, it wasn't a client. It was a it okay. was a friend. It was a friend. I didn't train them. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I've had I I had one that I was doing. Uh, this is back whenever I was working out. Whenever I was in like high school at my family's house, and I was doing pec flies. And I had the band wrapped around the top of my bunk bed, but it was on like a lip that was only like an inch high off the top of the bunk bed. And I was oh, like, geez. like full flex. Cause I thought I was going to be in the next 300 <laughs> oh, movie no. when I was doing my pec flies. And I snapped myself so hard in the back. I had this completely horizontal line across my, the top oh. of my rhomboids for a week. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so, so maybe safer option might be a dumbbell. So what do you all like for dumbbell exercises? I mean, obviously, you know, squats and lunges and, and presses are things that we do a lot, but is there some type of different dumbbell exercise that you all have really liked using this year? Um, what I've been doing for my clients that have dumbbells, but not kettlebells is some of them, they'll do um, dumbbell swings. Okay. I like um, that one. Which is fun. Yeah, it, it's like fun because it still gives them 
that same motion. And it's like, it's like different because it's different from what people usually think of when they think of a dumbbell exercise. Yeah. So they're always kind of like, ooh. <laughs> Something new. Yeah. Chris, yeah you, that's, yeah. you know, if you don't have kettlebells, you know, they, they really are, they do work just as well, in my opinion. You can do the, the you know, the dumbbell swings um, if you don't have the kettlebells. Yeah. What do you like, Chris? Anything different with the dumbbells you've been doing? Uh, probably the, the, you know, the one legged, uh, you know, Romanian deadlifts. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a solid one because for people who just don't have that much weight access to them, you can load up a deadlift a good bit if you're doing it on one leg. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite has been the dumbbell pullover. Uh, and I know most people think of that as like a chest exercise, exercise, but it really works. It's supposed to work your lats and your serratus if you're doing it correctly. But so many people who don't have access to res resistance bands or any way of doing vertical pulling, it's a good way to work the lats in an overhead position. So you're not just doing endless row variations. I mix in pullovers on a weekly basis in my programs, just because it gives people a different way of, of training overhead movements. And if you do it correctly, it can help build a, a healthy shoulder. So I think pullovers have been my go-to new movement for dumbbells this year. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, good. yeah, let's, let's skip into another training question here before we get into a, a nutrition one. Uh, and so what are some tips that we have for people easing back into workouts after a long lay layoff? This was Larry is asking for a friend. He wants to know how to ease back, <laughs> how to ease back into working out after a long layoff. What, what are your all strategies for that? I think people just need to realize that it doesn't have to happen immediately. They got to kind of get themselves and build back up and it, and it does take some time and obviously depends. We don't know. You know I, I don't know how old this person is, but um, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, you really should kind of work yourself back into it and don't immediately just jump back into, uh, um, you know, something that's too heavy or uh, where your form falls apart because um, you haven't been doing anything for a while. Yeah. Well, and Chris, Larry, Larry I think is either a year older than you or, or possibly your age. Yeah. So that's, so, I mean, I think that's, you know, coming off of the surgery last year, you know, I just, I really had to change my mindset um, and, and just ease back into it. And other than the one time I uh, was probably doing some dumbbell uh, bench presses uh, with a little bit too much weight too quickly. Um, I think I did a pretty good job of easing into it. I think it's, yeah, I think it's important. He's asking for, you know, tips coming back. And we, and we did the whole last podcast with Kevin Barry on returning to exercise after COVID uh, was about slowly building yourself back up. But I think um, more so than the, the technical, you know, uh, how many sets and reps, how much weight should you use coming back to it. I think what you said, Chris, with the mindset of it is the most important part because that's going to frame you for the entire journey of your programming coming back. Right. If you if you go into it with a mindset of I can't wait to be back to my old weights in, in eight weeks, you're in for a big surprise. <laughs> so, so I, I think I mean, and you get frustrated. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, you just have to if you go into it with a right, right mindset, then um, you'll continue to be motivated um, to keep working to build back up there. But if you think you're going to have you know, immediate results uh, uh, right away, you could get disappointed. And Absolutely. Frustrated. And now Delaney, you, you took some time off of overhead pressing. Um, and as, and as you know, everybody needs to understand that, you know, is, is 
people who compete in sports and, and coaches. You know, every, there is it's times when you have little tweaks and things that happen that are just part of, of training, especially if you're competing in something. And uh, the smart thing to do is take these times of backing off and then slowly building yourself back up. So you uh, you took some time off of overhead pressing, right, Delaney? I did. Um, I'm still technically not like fully overhead yet. Like it's it's we're still in the easing back in process. Okay. Um, Same thing though. Did since, you? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just saying that's been since November. So that's kind of like ties into what Chris says, where like you you can't expect to be back in a few weeks. It takes time. <laughs> yes, as I, as I was about to say. So <laughs> yeah. So for you, that the mindset was you were going to take this planned time off because it wasn't like, you know, you didn't have a debilitating injury where you couldn't raise your arms right. up overhead, but you were having some some issues where you needed to address some things and you had to get mm-hmm. in that mindset. Um, and now, you know, you, you're on the way of building back up, right? Yeah. And it was actually kind of nice because it let me, it gave me more time to address other like strength issues that I had. Um, okay. I mean, I'm still addressing that obviously, but um so it actually was kind of like a little bit of like a blessing in disguise because I've done like a whole bunch of extra <laughs> like strength work, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, coming back into it after a long layoff, you know, your, your body may have needed that rest for a little bit, you, you know, uh, right. especially Larry, he's talking about this, you know, maybe you can look at that time as being some recovery time and now you can come back and slowly rebuild and, and do things in a correct and conservative manner and come back possibly, mm-hmm. you know, stronger than before you took that time off. All right, oh, so let's yeah, jump for sure. Let's jump into two kind of nutrition related questions here. First one, uh, what do you do to jumpstart weight loss? And I, I, <laughs> and I feel like it's, so it's a bit of a loaded question because, uh, when people use the term accelerate weight loss, accelerate fat loss, jumpstart fat loss, those are definitely catchy terms. This is a tough one because I, uh, I think, so many people struggle um, with with nutrition, including myself. I mean, uh, you and I have had many conversations about this, yeah. and it's um, that relationship with food. You know, is uh, is really interesting. Uh, you 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 look at it, and I, people talk about it all the time. You know, food is food is supposed to be your fuel. And if you can get that uh, mentality, which I think is really hard, I, I, I do think it's hard. <laughs> I, I struggle with it all the time because, you know, food, food is comfort to a lot of people. And, uh, oh, yeah. and it, uh, it, it's, it's definitely hard, but uh, I think there's, God, there's a lot of different things. Meal prepping, which, which I don't do, but I, I keep saying I need to, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I know you do it and, and you've got yeah. a great routine. Um, so there's this nutrition is, 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 is so tr- key. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and again, you know, this is, this reminds me of the question that we just covered where we talked about the mindset is, is almost more important than the, the tactical thing. So when somebody says, you know, jumpstart weight loss, you know, we could say, you know, drink this tea or, uh, you know, only eat these foods or don't eat any of these foods. But when really it's the jumpstart to weight loss is the change in mindset that you have to make before you start doing this to, to then start viewing food, obviously it's still going to be enjoyable to you. And it's still part of, you know, social aspects with other people and, and food is pleasurable when you eat it, it's supposed to taste good. I don't really care too much, but when it comes to changing your mindset to losing weight, you do need to start viewing fuel as 
you know, the things that I put in my body are going to have an effect. Uh, they're either going to help me or hurt me when it comes to my weight loss and the amounts of foods that I eat. So when you can, if you can maybe change your, start changing your mindset to, um, you know, my body needs enough fuel to fuel my workouts, but not so much that I have enough fuel for my body to uh, not need to burn body fat. Yeah, I agree makes, with you. Yeah. Delaney, is yeah, that kind of how you see it with, so with, with, with your clients when it comes to them wanting to lose weight? You know, I, I know people typically want a quick answer. Yeah. Um, I would say like the biggest thing to jumpstart it, which goes along with Chris's like the whole setting the mindset thing, is to come up with a plan first before you even take action because it's going to be way less overwhelming <laughs> if you Absolutely. like have a concrete plan and like have specific goals versus just like I want to lose weight in general, then you're going to be super kind of overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and having a plan that's going to almost like if, if we were talking about we, we wanted to bench, have somebody bench press 200 pounds, but they could only bench press 100 pounds, we know that we couldn't just throw, you know, 150 one week and then 175 the next week, then 200 the third week. We know that we would have to have these incremental changes. So getting into the mindset of, of weight loss is you really only should be losing, you know, a pound, maybe two a week. And your reduction in calories might be you know, a, a total of 3,500 calories over the course of a week, which is, you know, 500 a day under your maintenance calories. So you need to figure that stuff out before you start. And you don't have to do calorie counting, but you have to find a way to systematically reduce the amount of food calories that you're eating uh, in order to be able to lose weight. And uh, yeah, Delaney, I think it's important what you said with having a plan. So maybe the, the best way to to jumpstart it is, you know, get, get it into the mindset by coming, coming up with a, a meal plan and maybe start meal prepping. Yeah. I think that is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Amy has a question here about pre and post workout meals and supplements. Let's go pre-workout. So Chris, are you doing a pre-workout supplement right now? I'm not doing right now. I'm not doing one. I used to, uh, funny enough, I used to do when I was, uh, running a significant amount. I used to do a pre-workout for, um, for running, but not for strength training. Um, I'm uh, not sure why I was doing that. Um, yeah. I definitely, uh, <laughs> I've gone, <laughs> I've gone to, uh, I still do pea protein for, uh, for my post, um, post-workout supplements, but, um, uh, I have not been doing from strength training any pre, pre-workout. Uh, okay. Delaney, are you doing any pre-workout supplements? Um, not any supplements other than coffee and food. <laughs> okay. So you're getting a little caffeine there. Um, I actually stopped doing pre-workout supplements yeah. this year. Um, back whenever I was doing Strongman, we were drinking those, uh, bang energy drinks and rain energy drinks. Like we were trying to be sponsored by them. Oh God. And, uh, <laughs> no. and, and we're like crazy. And then whenever the, uh, the lockdown started and I was still, um, one day a week, I would stop and get one of those before my workout. And I noticed that I was having terrible workouts on those days. And it was because it was just too much caffeine. I, I couldn't focus. And what I, what happened was when quarantine started, I started drinking so much less coffee because I wasn't commuting and I wasn't at a gym that had free coffee. <laughs> and, um, I just, my <laughs> caffeine sensitivity, uh, was so, was so high that, that, that those energy drinks and then those pre-workout like powders and stuff, I couldn't handle anymore. So I completely stopped them. Um, you know, I, uh, I try to time my, my strength training, um, to come after a meal 
timing it so it, it's not sitting in my stomach, obviously, but yeah. uh, it, it's that I feel like I'm fueled enough uh, to get a good workout in. Um, so that's that's probably the biggest reason I don't uh, do any yeah. pre-workout. And I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I typically eat lunch at noon and I train at two or two thirty. So it's, you know, pretty much out of my stomach, uh, for the most part. Delaney, how long is your meal before your workout? <laughs> um, usually like half an hour before. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this like a snack though? Or is this like a meal? Um, it depends. <laughs> oh, sorry. It depends on the day. Um, usually a meal. <laughs> So you're, you're doing like a Salisbury steak, corn, and mashed potatoes half an hour before <laughs> snatching? Well, not that fancy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the common person's version of Sal- Salisbury steak. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I guess, it, and then I guess it's, it's different. Way, we, I mean, the three of us train differently. Um, I was, you know, Chris and I probably have a more similar training style maybe than, than Delaney because Delaney's doing, uh, you know, training for Olympic li- weightlifting. But if, like, if I, when I was training strongman I, and I was trying to gain that much weight, I could eat half an hour before because I would be doing a set of, you know, two squats and then resting five minutes in between sets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I guess it depends on the type of training. So, um, I guess the consensus here for, for pre-workout is we like to have some type of energy source in there, obviously a mixture of, of uh, carbs and protein, maybe some fat. Um, I prefer to have uh, higher carbs. I'm not sure about you all when it comes to pre-workouts. Yeah, I'm the same. Yep. I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so you've got some fuel to run on, but it's not going to be something that's completely sitting in your stomach uh, if you're going to be doing something higher intensity, especially running, something like that post-workout, um, obviously we want to get a mixture of protein and carbs. Chris and I do, uh, the pea protein isolate. Chris, do you, what do you mix it with? I, I mix it with, uh, almond milk. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that sounds good. This is, is what I, it was, um, that's what I like the most. Um, but even, even water is fine. I think, uh, it, it, it's definitely better tasting. Wait, do you um, buy a flavored one, Chris? I buy, I do buy the vanilla. Uh, oh, okay. I was going to say, cause I, I buy the unflavored one and I've tried to drink that in just plain almond milk and just water before. And it was like drinking, like, it's like spackling. It was oh. terrible. <laughs> That's gross. So yeah, so you buy the, <laughs> I, I, I mix it. I do mix it with a, a vanilla almond milk. So it, Oh, uh, gotcha. It's pretty good. And then if okay. I get really, uh, if I really want to add, to it, I'll, I'll make a smoothie out of it and throw a banana in the, in the blender with it and uh, uh, maybe add some uh, peanut butter powder in there. Oh, nice. Um, that, that's more of a more of a meal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Delaney, I know you did that. You've done some post-workout shakes. You did one as a, uh, mm-hmm. as a blog once. Is that typically your go-to? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then as soon as possible, I'll have another meal um and then but something that I think would be more applicable to like everyone is I have a lot I mean I don't chug it but I have a lot of water because even with lifting like I can tell that it makes me like it's not the same thing as running but you still get dehydrated from that movement so um definitely I replenish water for sure absolutely that's like one of my biggest things yeah that's yeah that's I mean that's as soon as you finish your workout start chugging some water before you do your shake yeah yeah, yeah I do and that's pretty that. universal. Like that applies to everyone, regardless of what you're doing activity wise. Yes. <laughs> and I typically like like Chris, I do, you know, almond milk um, or soy milk and 
the uh, pea protein isolate, but then I put um, bananas and oranges and spinach. And actually I pile a bunch of my fruit and vegetables into one smoothie and then just chug the thing after my workout. And then typically uh, two hours later, I'll eat a full meal. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. So, um, you want to hear something really obnoxious? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. I was like, I just, I really wanted this the other day. So I got, I can't remember. It was either, I think it was McDonald's. It was either McDonald's or, no, it was Wendy's. I got a Frosty from Wendy's and then mixed my chocolate peanut butter whey protein in with the Frosty and then added like a little bit of milk and then blended it. It was really good. I mean, I don't really recommend that depending on what like your goals are, but um, it was, it was tasty. Um, yeah. <laughs> Be- between between your, your pre-workout uh, hungry man dinner and your post-workout <laughs> routine, we we've described like 3000 calories over the course of two hours in your training day. Yes. If any of my clients are listening, I don't recommend you eat that way. <laughs> <laughs> you all can eat this over the course of a week. I'll eat it in an afternoon. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So as for supplements, I, they're helpful. I think they're convenient, but I think the biggest thing, and this is kind of what all of us have, have said in one way or the other, the biggest thing is, is getting your hydration, getting rehydrated and getting in some protein, some carbohydrates post-workout. And whether you do that through mm-hmm. a shake or through a meal, um, just as long as you're getting it in, because you do need to repair the, the muscles that you use during your workout and replenish those glycogen stores uh, so that your muscles are well-fed and of course, keep everything well-hydrated because that's how your body functions best. All right. So, uh, Amy has another question here, how to reduce cramping in your hands and feet after a workout. Well, that's you kind of, you know, with the whole hydration part, I think that's a big piece of that. Um, you know, continue to hydrate. I, and you know, it's, it's funny, and especially during the winter, you know, people kind of forget, you know, they, they think of, uh, drinking more, you know, water during the warmer times. Um, but you gotta, you have to definitely continue to, uh, to hydrate. And even, I, I mean, we all probably struggle with this. I have, I keep a, a bottle and, you know, uh, of water and I just want to make sure I drink, you know, so many of them, um, uh, in a day, but I and, I, and most of the time I never get there and it's like, uh, but I know it's, it's the right thing to do. So from, and I tend to have, have a lot of cramping in my calves during the night. I've, I've, I think, I think hydration is probably a key to that. Uh, the other thing is probably maybe, uh, you know, potassium, magnesium, um, can help, um, yeah. some of that cramping too. Um, the other thing too is, is I, I guess I think of it too, with what you're doing in that workout session that I know some people who have cramping in their hands, it can be a mixture of, you know, hydration or electrolyte imbalance, but it could also be they over grip the weights when they're working out and they squeeze the crap out of a bar or a dumbbell the entire workout and their hands are just cramping up afterwards because of their grip giving out. Have you guys ever had that before? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I haven't myself, but, uh, okay. uh, I can, I can see how that can happen. Um, and, and, but the other way it, it could be grip weakness. If you're having that much cramping in your arches or in your hands, it, it could be because those areas are weak and you need to, to have maybe some grip work like, you know, fat grips or, uh, pull up holds, things like that for your hands and then balance exercises to increase, uh, in your bare feet, balance extra exercises to increase the strength of your arch may help with cramping as well. So I would focus a little bit on, on building up those areas during your workout and then afterwards hydrating and making sure that you get your electrolytes in by eating you know plenty of fruits and vegetables. 
Blaney, what do you think on that one? Um, I just pretty much agree with what you guys said. I've never had any clients that have experienced that. So I'm other than like just hydration and then kind of watching how they're gripping. There's not really, I can't necessarily think of anything else that outside of the usual. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, now when you first started training with uh, Olympic lifting, Delaney, did, did you have any cramping in your hands when you first started learning hook grip? No, I had bruising though, but no cramps. Okay. Uh, for anyone who's, who's not, uh, I'm trying to describe this as I'm looking at my hands doing it. Uh, so a hook grip is when you <laughs> grab the bar with your thumb over top of the bar and the rest of your fingers grab over top of your thumbs. Delaney, is that, do you have a better way of describing that? Well, the best way that I can think of it is pretend you're holding onto the steering wheel, but tuck your thumbs under your fingers. That's a good one. In between. Yeah. Yeah. It, it hurts when, you, when yes. you're not used to it, but then your thumbs get dead and then you don't feel it. <laughs> yes. And, but that's, but that's, you know, that's how you hold the bar when you're doing uh, Olympic weightlifting, uh, because it, it keeps you from bending your elbows too early and allows you to get, to generate more power from your hips, uh, and not take away mm -hmm. that power by bending your elbows too early. But when people first start Olympic lifting, they, I know a lot of people get cr really bad cramps in their thumbs from trying to hold that position. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, that's it, like a big thing is like finger discomfort. <laughs> yes. So in that case though, it's just a matter of just getting used to it. Yeah. So Maybe if you're, you're yeah, if you're having trouble with fingers or hands and feet cramping after the workout, maybe it's because you did a new workout and you, your body just has to get used to it. Mm -hmm. There's like a million oh, answers actually, for that one question. <laughs> that like reminded yeah. me. So my best childhood friend, she used to do. I don't know. If, well, I guess I, she'd be fine with me sharing this. But she used to do competitive figure skating. Um, and when I would go to the, I mean, I'm the world's worst figure skater. But when I would go with her, I would get. I actually would get toe cramps just because my foot wasn't used to a the shoe but like but using my foot and ankle that way so it could yeah. all, that kind of ties in with like getting adjusted to what you're doing especially if it's something you've never done before yeah yeah because you're you're in the boot but you're standing on this like tiny blade and yeah. it's it's very different the mechanics of your feet inside of a a skate are so different than your, the mechanics of your feet when you're standing on the ground all right. Yeah. Bailey, want, Bailey wants to know, what is your typical workout playlist? Oh, hi, Bailey. <laughs> Bailey also <laughs> wants us to share it. So I don't know if you all have one that we can, that we can uh, post uh, maybe in the, in the comments of the, the post here, the podcast post, we can put up your playlist. But um, yeah, what do you all like to listen to? Oh, Delaney, I'll let you go first okay. on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so I'm actually really weird and I'd be totally fine lifting and working out in total silence. So I usually just let someone else pick the music. But if I had to choose, like if it was like, oh, you have to listen to music, it would be Glass Animals or Oliver Tree. Okay. <laughs> Which no one's probably going to know who either of those two people are. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris, <laughs> Chris, what do you like? You know, I'm I'm kind of like Delaney a lot of times. I sometimes I'll just go work out and in in silence, you know, uh, you know, and I don't I don't mind it. Uh, but there are times I'll I'll um, put Spotify on and uh, I'll, I'll typically um, I'll listen to uh, this probably shows my age. Um, I'll listen to what I think they call it the daily drive. It's obviously it must be meant for people driving into work. Um, it, it's kind of a mix of uh, like news and music and the music pulling from your playlists. So, um, or your favorites. Yeah. Um, so you end up listening to a bunch of stuff you already have on there. Um, but I like all kinds of music anyways. I'm, I may be old, but I still, I like, I mean, I pretty much like just about everything. 
um, even uh, at 60. Um, no, I, I, I don't. I don't have a particular playlist, uh, you know, that I listen to. But um, I, I will just kind of let it randomly run through the music. Uh, Delaney, I think I forgot to tell you this, but when I went down to Kinetics, North Carolina, uh, to see Chris and the gang there, when I walked in, Chris was blasting Phil Collins. Oh yes! <laughs> I can't stand Phil Collins. The best. So I can. I will lift to anything except for Phil Collins. Um, no, no, I, I, I get, I get what you all are saying. Cause there are sometimes when I'm in a rush and I'll start warming up before I even turn any music on, and just because I'm, I'm so focused on what I'm doing. But there, for like, especially my heavier sets, I have to have something on to to keep me from thinking about anything other than focusing like exactly on the bar. Uh, or whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, so once I get into my like my actual working sets, I've got to have something on. But it definitely ranges on what my my mood is that day. But typically, <laughs> uh, for me, it's going to be either hip hop or some type of we- weird indie alternative rock. Um, my my nice. musical taste. But do you all find that your do you think that your musical tastes are different than what you would listen to when you're just in the car? No, not for me. Really. Not, not really, unless if it's like an absolute like weird day. But normally, I'm kind of like Chris. <laughs> oh, okay. So I have like, like the music I listen to when I'm driving, especially when I'm going to like one client's house to the other. If I'm working, I have my like work driving music, and I have my like chill out music. I have my music I listen to when I program workouts, and I have my workout playlists and they're totally different. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like no, is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, amazing. So do you all, I mean, do you all listen to, to music when you work on the computer? Oh yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you listen to music with lyrics when you work on the computer? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really? See, I have to do <laughs> instrumental. So I are the same person. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so, because otherwise I'm going to end up like writing a client's workout and like typing in push a T lyrics into their, <laughs> their workout. So I listen to all instrumental when I program workouts and Rachel thinks I'm crazy. But one of the things I love to listen to is uh, traditional like Chinese and Japanese folk music <laughs> while I program workouts. That's been my kick recently. <laughs> Can but you I'll drop always- that playlist, please? Yes. It's, it, no, there's okay. a, it's a pretty sweet playlist, but, uh, or I'll do like, you know, one of my favorite bands, Ratatat is an, uh, it's an instrumental band. Um, mm-hmm. they're like, uh, like hip hop music, but we, but no lyrics. Um, but I like to listen to stuff that kind of gets me, like if I'm working, gets me stuck in whatever mindset it is that I, that I'm doing or I'm focused on music. That's going to kind of help me through that. Whereas my lifting music is something that's probably going to get me more, you know, like inspired or, or agitated or something like that. That makes sense. I guess too, I, I'm really, 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 really into a lot of music. So, so <laughs> yeah, listen, listen to different stuff sense. at different times, but um, yeah, I definitely couldn't, uh, couldn't lift to the same music that I, that I listen to when I work. Oh yeah. That's well, no, that, that makes sense, but I definitely can just listen to this. I can listen to the same album like months straight for literally everything I do. <laughs> Now, Chris, when you're listening to Daily Drive, though, so you're listening to news while you're working out? No, it, what it does is the Daily Drive, it starts off with uh, like a five-minute NPR session. And I don't I don't watch news on TV. I'm just not into it. Yeah. But uh, at least I figure I'll get a little tidbit of what's going on out there uh, okay. in the world. Um, so it's like five minutes of, uh, of news, and then it jumps into uh, – um, a few uh, 
few songs and then it'll um, typically pick up um, something called uh, Snacks Minute, which is, which is a couple of guys that work for, um, I think it's Robin Hood Financial that do a, a you know, a quick little uh, financial news. And then it goes back to music again. And, you know, maybe about 15 minutes later, there'll, there'll be some other news little piece in there. So it's, it's definitely a mix of <laughs> news. Okay. Uh, That's cool. Now, do you all ever listen? Yeah, any do you all ever listen to podcasts? Because I listen to podcasts when I run. I forgot that's the other thing I, that's different about musical things is I don't I don't listen to music when I run. I listen to podcasts recently when I'm running. I listen to podcasts when I'm driving mostly. Okay, Delaney, when do you listen to all 99 episodes thus far of the Straight Shot Radio podcast? <laughs> um, well, I have a hard time listening to podcasts just because I have a hard time <laughs> that's focusing. Why I asked. That's why I, asked. <laughs> I was like, "Oh gosh, how do I answer this?" Um, but I have listened to so I listen to the Straight Shot. I well, okay, I'm going to say try because I always have a hard time getting through podcasts. But I listen to the Straight Shot <laughs> podcast, and then I listen to um, like one of the weightlifting podcasts, and then I also just started listening to one of Sal Volcano's <laughs> podcasts because I oh, love from Sal Impra- Volcano Impractical so Jokers. Yes, I love him okay. so much. Um, it's like one where he reviews food with like one of his friends. But I maybe listen to a podcast like once a month. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so now we have the uh, we have to drop all of those playlists now into uh, into the show notes for Baileyton, <laughs> or we just DM them to her. All right. So we get our last two questions here. They're, they're a little bit longer questions, but uh, we'll see. Um, I, I think is, is Garrett around to answer the one, Chris? Yeah, yeah, Garrett's here. Okay, so let's let's jump to that one first, and then we'll finish up with Kevin's question. So let me make sure know. he is. He just walked away. Hold on. Okay, hey, Garrett, <laughs> you there? Let me know when you're there. Whenever you're on, Garrett. He's I'm, here. I'm here. Oh, you're right here. I cool. Guess, I heard you guys Welcome. talking about workout music, so I put my my headphones on. <laughs> all right well welcome back dr garrett folin jumping in for a surprise visit here for the last question uh roy wants to know i've got i had achilles problems for a couple of years i went to a physical therapist and the exercises have helped to a large degree it's still giving me problems though and there's an underlying heel spur that's been there the entire time at what point do i try to refine or increase my achilles physical therapy with at-home exercises or do I go to a to a podiatrist and continue the PT refinement? I'm an advocate of getting as much non-invasive PT type intervention, generally speaking. So, what do you think? Just judging from that, uh, Garrett, what do you think is the best course of action for Rory with uh, a heel spur and Achilles tendon issues? Well, first of all, we'll, we'll apologize for the train that just went by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he's, he's been through PT. It seems like it's helped him. And let me, um, I'm reading through the, the question here. I, I couldn't hear you very well because of the train. Oh, gotcha. I thought that you all just closed a bunch of programs. Cause that's what it sounded like. Like you were shutting <laughs> programs down on a, on a, on like you, a window. You remember the first podcast you did with uh, Dr. Folden when the train came by? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. It was, <laughs> it was so loud that we actually had to end the episode and start over. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a too. All right. So, so uh, for Roy, what I would recommend is as long as he continues to see progress, I would keep doing what he's doing. Um, okay. if, if things start to plateau, then uh, I mean, if he's working with a, a personal trainer, that'd probably be the, the first stop. Go, uh, just discuss it with your personal trainer and see if there's any progressions to 
an exercise program that could be prescribed by the trainer. And again, uh, run that out until you, you notice that there's no longer improvements or, or progress is starting to plateau. And then maybe you want to move forward um, seeing somebody in the medical field, be it a PT or a podiatrist. Uh, okay. There's a chance that, um, you know, uh, soft tissue wise in terms of the, the muscles and the, and the Achilles tendon itself, um, maybe PT and exercises in general have kind of uh, done done their job. And maybe it's the bone spur that's causing issues at this point. And that's not really something that as a PT or a personal trainer, we can address specifically. That's yeah. And you know, I, th- I think that's kind of where he's, where he's at because he's saying they've, they've helped to a large degree, but he's still having problems. So I guess the, uh, the difference is if he's still seeing progress, keep going, obviously, but if he's not seeing any more progress, outside of what he was able to get through physical therapy, it's probably time to see a podiatrist then about the bone spur. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for jumping in, Garrett. Of course. Yeah. I'm going to get back to my workout. <laughs> All right. Have fun. <laughs> go, go crank that. Uh, Phil Collins. Uh, Motley right. Crue. Motley oh, okay. Crew. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's a little better. <laughs> Uh, All right. So let's finish up with our last question here. Kevin wants to know, he's trying to figure out an efficient way to use the bare minimum equipment wise to lose weight. He has a squat rack, a bench and a barbell and some strong, some strongman implement stuff. So I guess he's, I'm looking for ideas that will incorporate just the barbell for full body work. Um, Well, already, I think he's got a decent amount of equipment. If If you've got a rack, a bench and a barbell with some plates, that's more than a lot of people have. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's actually <laughs> in a pretty good position. Yeah. Um, so weight loss, um, and I actually I I answered Kevin back uh, shortly with this via via text, um, but wanted to cover some more here with you all. Um, do you think exercise selection, the actual exercises you do, is that the most important thing when it comes to programming, writing a program for weight loss? Um, no, not specifically in terms of like weight loss itself. In yeah. terms of movement and like movement goals and things like that, then absolutely. But in terms of weight loss, it's it's all entirely dependent on what you're burning versus what you were um, taking in. Yeah, I agree um, with Delaney. I don't think that his, his programming choices are going to be the driving factor. I think it goes back to the nutritional side of things um, mm-hmm. along with a solid strength training program. Yeah. Um, and, and Kevin sent me his program, uh, and just looking at, it, you know, I, I made some tweaks to him and it, it was a solid program that he had kind of Frankenstein from a couple other things that he found. But the one thing I was suggesting for him is that, you know, when you have a barbell, you, you think squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, and maybe bent row, but we all use landmine exercises where the bar is shoved in a corner and now it becomes one implement. You can do presses, rows, uh, curls, twisting exercises, lunges. Do you all do a lot of landmine stuff? Um, yeah, actually I did a lot over the summer uh, or not over the summer over like the very beginning of the fall when I was prepping for my last meet, I did like a ton of landmine work, ton of landmine work. Okay. Chris, and you have a landmine attachment at your house, right? Yeah. I just, and I just recently got that. So I've, I've always been doing, you know, landmine deadlifts, but I really want to start to incorporate, um, some more overhead stuff and and some of the, you know, you can do some chops and that kind of stuff with them. There's a a lot of things available with a landmine. I think they're really good. And if Um, you don't have the piece of equipment, um, like you said, you can just put it in a corner. Sometimes people will put it on top of a plate if they have, you know, if they have plates. Yeah. Um, they'll put the bar on top of that. And, uh, either way you can, you can 
find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and the thing I like about the landmine is because it allows for some instability, but not as much as you would have with a dumbbell. So like a single leg landmine deadlift is a lot easier than a single leg dumbbell deadlift. And a landmine shoulder press is actually easier on your rotator cuff than a dumbbell shoulder press. But yeah. when it comes to when it comes to weight loss, I think the important thing here, and 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 I don't think Kevin really was asking for what exercises are best for losing weight. He was more asking about like you know programming. But I know that a lot of people want to know what's the best exercise to burn belly fat because you see those banner ads all the time. Oh, Del- with, I see Delaney snickering and Chris's reaction. I'm sorry, there, there is, but there is no exercise. Wait, can you that, see me? No, no, I just, I'm just hearing you. I'm hearing your snickering. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and hearing Chris's reaction. I was like, reaction. oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, just there is, there is no exercise that by itself burns fat. Oh, and you also don't get to choose where you, uh, the fat's going to go away. That is, necessarily. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to lose it where you have the most of it. That's just, that's kind of how it works. Right. Um, so when, yeah, when people are, are, you know, trying to get, figure out what equipment they need, um, like Delaney said, if you have a strength goal or something, then you're going to need certain implements if you have a goal of, you know, a barbell bench press number or back squat number or clean number. But if you're just looking to to build up your overall fitness and lose weight, you know, you can do that with dumbbells or bands or sandbags or kettlebells. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can use to, to get and stay in shape. When it comes to weight loss, there's absolutely no exercise that is good for weight loss. If you Agreed. do them in a certain way, they all would be good for weight for loss. That, that is true. Yeah. Because yeah, because somebody could exciting. argue, well, yeah. Well, somebody could argue that, well, you know, a burpee is going to burn more calories than, uh, than, I don't know, a push-up or a curl, which true. If true. you did a hundred, if you did a hundred burpees and you did a hundred curls, uh, you know, you would have a very different result when it comes to your heart rate, but it's not the exercise that's doing that. It's the fact that you have a a higher heart rate sustained for a longer period of time, which equals more calories burned. But you can do the same thing by going out for a, a run or walk up a flight of stairs. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think I think pro- programming wise, uh, when it comes to weight loss, you know, your focus really needs to be on your food first, and then um, you know, getting in at, at least an hour of some type of movement every day, whether it's weightlifting or walking or running or whatever just to make sure that you're, you're moving enough. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry so much about the exercise selection as I would just having a good uh, program that's well-rounded, um, you know, pushing and pulling in all directions while combined with a good diet. Yeah, for sure. Any, anything that we went through with the questions here that you all thought of something that you wanted to add to one of them that you were like, shoot, I didn't get to say that back at that part. I can't think of anything. No, I don't think so. Oh, sweet. All right. So I guess we just need to go get our, uh, our links for our playlists. <laughs> you guys start, start building those up. Uh, cool. All right. So thanks so much for, uh, for hanging out with me today, answering all these questions. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So this is uh, number 100, huh? This is number 100. Yep. This is 100. Oh, the centennial. The centennial. So this is the 100th episode <laughs> that I, I started in August of 2017. And the first year, I can't remember how many I put out the first year and the second years, it was really hard to get out with how busy my schedule was, uh, you know, episodes consistently, but I put out more episodes in 2020 than I did in the entire first two, two and a half years of the podcast. Oh, wow. and, 
and we're and we're doing one a week now, so we're on pace to to have out even more out this year. Um, but I'm excited to have you all on more, and, and then bring in Steve and Megan, of course, and do some more of these where we can uh, where we can do question and answer sessions uh, and tackle topics together as coaches. Because obviously, as we've we've seen here, we have different ideas on things, and we're very similar in some aspects. Uh, but we approach things differently because we have, you know, the three of us have extremely different training backgrounds and histories as coaches, but I think that, uh, that, that can benefit people, uh, listening. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I Variety agree. is good. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. All right. Sweet. Thanks for hanging out. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you could subscribe to this show, like or leave a rating and comment on this episode, maybe share it with a friend, that would be awesome. I also want to thank everyone who submitted questions for this week's episode. We had a lot of fun answering all of those. This is actually something we're going to be doing a lot more of this year. We're going to be having Chris and Delaney and the other straight shot coaches, Steve and Megan, on to answer your all's questions. So if you have a question you would like us to cover in a future episode, just shoot me a message on social media using the handle at straightshottraining, or you can email me at johnny at straightshottraining.com. That's J-O-N-N-Y at straightshottraining.com. Also, if you would like to learn more about what we do here at Straight Shot, head over to straightshottraining.com to see how we can help you move better, feel better, and live better no matter what your fitness level is or where in the world you may be. Finally, I want to thank all of you so much for listening to this podcast. It's super encouraging to know that so many people take the time out of their day to listen to me and my team share what we're so passionate about. I sincerely hope over these past 100 episodes that I've been able to help you and your friends out in some way. That's really why I started this show in the first place, and I'm blessed to have had the opportunity to continue to do it for the past two and a half years, and I'm excited to keep doing it for you all. Thanks again, and have a great week, everybody. 